0: All right, welcome into the Motown Runtown, your home for all things Detroit sports. Thanks for joining us. It is Monday, October 5th. Happy spooky season,
1: guys. Yeah,
2: happy spooky season to you. Falls upon us. Actually, today was 60 degrees out, so I still wore short sleeves and shorts. But Yeah, uh, but
1: you wear shorts if it's 50, Trent.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like 30. 30 shorts, I mean. shorts year round
0: is typically like a fat guy move, but Trent, you have like 3% body fat, so you're kind of an
2: anomaly in that whole lot. Like, I don't. I don't wear like shorts if I'm walking to you know class or something. I just wear shorts like when we when we do the pod and uh, when we do the podcast in the studio. Once upon a time, we would just right like we drive and oh, I, I would
0: just
2: days. take my walk from the parking lot into the building, and then I'm comfortable. You know, I'm I'm cold for thirty seconds, and I'm comfortable for two hours. That was that was the reason.
1: I miss yeah. the studio. Yeah, it, it is. I'm over it, but. I... I mean, it's spooky season. Who calls it that? What are you just talking know. about? Apparently it's a friendly thing. Was. Ryan Reynolds calls it spooky season. This is so you. are a, a big Halloween guy, aren't you?
0: Well, I'm. I'm more so a Christmas guy. Well, me, yeah, dude. He was
2: everyone everyone, he was everyone. everyone for guy. Halloween last year. Was I was Santa Claus
1: for Halloween. Yeah, and he bit me. It was a, it was <laughs> a collab. <laughs> no, I didn't, dude. The way
0: the way you tell that story is so incorrect. It it it's just I like had he, a
1: few pops, so I don't <laughs> it might have not been clear. Trent, have you heard the
0: story of us at, at Rick's on Halloween?
2: Yes, yes. And to my understanding, you were doing the like the look over there at at college. Yeah. Like, Oh, he shouldn't yo, have
1: been, want he, to talk to you. He should he, he shouldn't have been giving me those looks when the tradition I was under wearing it a freaking
2: Santa Claus costume. Like dude, it, it, was was good good costume.
1: it was a good costume. It was a so good costume. Hot.
2: It was it was the
0: collab that no one knew they needed but it, I made it happen. The Santa Claus Your buddy was an Halloween. elf too, right? Buddy the elf, yeah. It was this whole thing that we had going. No, but we were at we were at Ricks, no free ads, but we were at Ricks. Rest in peace cuz I don't know if Rick's going to make it these days.
1: A little matter. They have to. They have to. Yeah, that
0: that place is a juggernaut. Come like once school, once Michigan State is back back, that place is just going to rake in cash. It's going to be stupid. But Collins was like waving to me, like it was like a little kid. He was like waving to me from across the bar, and I would gave him like the look, like oh god, it's this guy. It's a joke. It was a complete joke, and he was so offended by it. And he was, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Collins walked out to me and was like, dude, it's me, Ryan Collins. Yeah, I did. I'm, like, I'm like, I know who you are.
1: I know who I you serious. are, dude.
0: It was unbelievable. That's oh, a
2: great story. Priceless.
1: Well, I was Coach Air Taylor. No one knew who I was, but I, yeah, I did. And, and
0: Kyle was wearing just like a, like, a, like a quarter zip. And I'm like, dude, what, like, it's Halloween?
2: It's I did Dan not wear a quarter off.
1: zip. I wore a Dylan Panthers hat. I wore a jacket. I wore khakis, just like Coach Taylor. So that's what I wore.
2: <laughs> hey, my
1: brother oh, would have known who you are. My brother would have known. I got you. a couple. I got a couple, like, the guys in line at Reds like, yeah, Air Taylor. I'm like, yep, man, best high <laughs> school football coach in Texas history.
2: Yeah, there you go.
0: Unbelievable, but yeah, it's spooky season. I need
1: to get to the cider mill, like soon. Eh, overrated. I, I disagree. Just get the donuts on. Like, you don't even need to go to the cider mill. Just get the donuts in this. It's bottles. the experience, dude, and it's for the Instagram. Yeah, but I mean, you can't go to the cider mill just like dudes. Yeah, it's true. It that's like why not? Like, it totally could. That would be weird. Don't no, y'all wear flannels. Dude,
2: that, and the boys Trent, pull Trent, up.
0: Trent, Trent. That's what. I get where you're coming from because you're just a nice guy and you're just like I, I appreciate the fact that you're one of those guys that's always down to do something with the boys and like you don't care. But I'm gonna tell you objectively that it's a tough look. You can't you can't go like four to six guys deep at a cider mill, especially if you're all wearing flannels.
2: Tough
1: it's look for, for, for okay, whatever. I don't I, even I, I don't even care that. how would what people we think. have fun? How would guy all like six guys at this is what would happen if six guys went to a Cider Mill in the fall. Oh, did you see the score of the Texas Tech game? Oh, did you see – like, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, why are we here? We're missing a full slate of college football. Yeah, like, exactly it's, like it uh, into. it's like, oh, do you see Kenny Gallagher? He's active. Like, that, that's, how that, that's how that trip goes.
2: Every All right, time. fair enough. I just am of the opinion that, you know, not throwing, not throwing anyone under the bus here but I'm pretty sure someone on this podcast went to the Christmas tree farm with all guys wearing all flannels. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I don't really know okay. what the difference is. I did,
1: Trent. I did. There's, there's <laughs> a difference. There's a difference. But, <laughs> a but difference.
0: we cut down a tree. We you cut know, down do a What are you doing the cider? You
2: go get like pumpkins and shit. Like it's the
0: you same thing. You
1: pay for a Christmas tree you cut down.
2: Yeah. How, Of course,
1: dude. What it's you you just go out there and just, like that's how much. A tree? How much did you spend? <laughs>
0: Ah, like 30, 30 to forty. Nothing ridiculous. It's. I'll tell you what. It's cheaper than going to one of those Christmas tree farms that's like out in a parking lot somewhere. Because that. I'll th- tell you something. They'll it, rake it, you over it, the it, coals it, for that.
1: I'll tell you. I'm not a Christmas tree guy. Never. That's I, stupid, I, I, dude, I'm, come on. You get a fake one, and then you, you went decorate. to a Catholic school. You went yeah, to a yeah. I, Catholic did go to, I and, hey, there's a difference. There's a difference. You <laughs> get a fake tree. You get the nice ornaments. You get it all set up with the, like the family memories. You have a nice time doing that, and after that, I don't. I don't need. I don't need a new one every year. I'm just saying that.
2: Okay, well, it smells good, and it's part of the process. Does it's it kind smell of,
1: good? It's does kind it of fun. It is, it's Dude, a good. It's a hassle.
2: Listen, Collins. There's a such thing as a good chore, and one of those is vacuuming. Vacuuming up the dead needles. It's it's a it's a you know. Do you have a
1: mini tree in your room, Trent?
2: In my apartment, yes.
0: I always okay. have one.
2: Not, it, of course, that one isn't real though. But I am I living in a house this year, and I will Bob have anyone. a real tree. I used, I used to have again?
1: a SpongeBob mini tree.
2: Oh, there you go. Very nice. Pretty elite. All right, are we done talking about Christmas trees? Yeah, sorry. yeah. I,
1: yeah. I,
0: I, we we started off. It's like the first episode of October, and all of so a sudden we jump to Christmas.
1: Well, we're. I mean, we're talking about cider mills. I'm just saying that. I I don't find a cider mill enjoyable if there's football on. Like that's, I just get that's fair. That's just me,
0: I guess. And that's why it counts. That's another reason why I always say that the day that you get a
1: girlfriend is going to be the worst day of all your friends' lives. No, they'll that, probably be happy missed. that they don't have to deal with me on a Saturday. <laughs> They're like, can this guy stop screaming about the UNC-Boston college game? This guy's an <laughs> idiot.
0: Uh, good times. Good times here on the podcast. Uh, you guys wanted to start off with Lions today. All we have, we have to. We do have, have – this is, this is – I do want to plug my – this is my 2020 NHL draft extravaganza. I put this all together. Trent is going to be Shout taking a Rob. nap. Trent is going to be taking a nap during that segment of the show. I might too.
1: I, I mean, I, I might I, as well. <laughs> but I'm going to I'll bring it to the will tell you what the needs are,
0: but. I'll bring it to the people because the NHL draft is tomorrow as we are recording on Monday. NHL draft is on Tuesday, October 6th. So, end of the show. Stay tuned for that. Or you can fast forward if you don't want to hear us talk about the Lions. I don't blame you. Um, no, the, that's the people the want to hear show. us yell. You're right, the people do want to hear us yell. So let's get into it. Uh, Lions fall to the Saints at home on Sunday, 35-29. to 29. Uh, Obviously, great start for the Lions. Uncle Steve was in town. Uncle Steve saw the victory against the Cardinals, uh, and he got to watch the Saints game with me, which was awesome. 14 uh, nothing start for the Lions. They got outscored. I, I read this today, which I like didn't. In real time, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. They got outscored 21 nothing in the second quarter. And then at least they, like, kind of woke up. Like, they half woke up in the second half and put together 15 second half points. Um, Trent, and I believe – I feel like every time we talk about the Lions, I open it up with my thoughts, and I just ramble for 15 minutes. You wanted the floor today because I know you have a couple things that you want to get off your chest. So, without well, further ado, I want you to get into it.
2: Well, here's what I did. I, I I took time today, and I crafted a little open letter to Matt Patricia. It's not, it's not directly <laughs> – it's, it's not like – it is not addressed to him. It's just
1: kind of You're my. – You're just thought. sending it to yeah. Allen Park. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> that no.
2: Listen, is so funny. I, I did not start that off right because it's not like "Dear Matt Patricia" it's not written in the third. <laughs> it's like break.
1: "Dear this is is it. No, no, no. no. Oh, Trent's then starts off "Dear Coach Patricia." <laughs>
2: like, yeah. Just... "Dear Rocket Scientist." Uh. Yeah. "Dear, dear Coach Pencil." No. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Let me just go. Okay. Let me go. Go ahead. I usually I like when you guys chime in. I just want to get this done and then you guys can talk after and okay. I want all your thoughts,
1: okay? No interruptions okay, okay. for me. I know I'm bad at that, but no, no, no interruptions. It's okay. I'm
2: probably going to say some stuff you disagree with, but just let me finish cuz it's all going to come ahead. full circle, okay?
0: Yes. yes, yes. So
2: I'm going to take a long sip of my water and then I'm going to begin. Give me 5 thirsty. seconds. <laughs> I'm
0: thirsty.
2: Okay, ready to roll. So, first of all, disclaimer for those who listen to this podcast regularly or even occasionally, you know that I have defended this Lions roster because I don't think this roster is bad, and I will continue to defend this roster until we get them a coach who knows what he is doing. With that being said, I'm sure we want to talk about Bob Quinn a little bit. I'll let you guys handle that. I called dibs on Matt Patricia. Hand up. I am an idiot. I defended Patricia for two seasons. I tried so hard to give him chance after chance after chance. After chance, I can't defend this mess any longer. That's what I've woken up with today. This team is built to stop the run, and it never does. This team jumps out to leads only to pathetically choke on applesauce, like Collins said a couple weeks ago, and completely blow it. This team makes pedestrian players in this league look like perennial Pro Bowlers and Hall of Famers. I've got more on that in a moment. And it's because our head coach never has this team prepared to play a full four quarters. And this head coach never has this team prepared to face a sliver, a sliver of adversity. Everybody's sharp, everybody's harped on this for a while now. The whole Jim Caldwell was nine and seven when he got fired thing. And yes, I'm not going to do it again. But for Matt Patricia to have the audacity to come in here and say, there was a lot of work to do when you got to Detroit. Shut up, dude. You, you just don't get, it's embarrassing not to mention players liked Caldwell. No one likes you, dude. From the jump. Matt Patricia has tried to instill this Patriots culture in Detroit, and I get it. The fans bought in. It's a copycat league. Who the hell wouldn't want five Lombardi trophies in 20 years? I get it. But guess what? I don't know if anyone's noticed. There's one Bill Belichick. Let me give you some names here to to complete this analogy. Gary Kubiak, Ron Rivera, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Sean McVay. You know what those guys have in common? They've been to or won a Super Bowl in the last half decade. And you know what else they have in common? They're creative, gutsy, offensive-minded coaches with low egos who hire sound defensive coordinators to handle that side of the ball, and they win. There is one Bill Belichick who does everything the exact opposite, who has a huge ego and focuses on defense first, whatever. I'm not going to do the whole Bill Belichick coaching tree thing, but we all know how that goes. Bill O'Brien got fired earlier today. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. I don't need to drive this point home by bringing up the Belichick tree, but Matt Patricia might be the worst head coach to come from Belichick's coaching tree. Please slap me in the face and tell me I'm wrong. You can't do it. I'm trying to to put this in perspective here real quick. I'm almost done. In trying to instill this Patriots culture, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn have cut Glover Quinn, traded Quandre Diggs, traded Golden Tate, Let a Sean Robinson walk, traded Darius Slay. Hindsight's 20 20. I'm not going to argue these moves are right or wrong because you could pull the receipts. Some of them I agreed with, some of them I didn't. The bottom line is this it's not working. You took a nine and seven team, you blew up its nucleus. And in Matt Patricia's realm, he has never won the first week. That's one way to turn your fan base off. Jim Caldwell won week one three times, Matt Patricia has lost. To a rookie quarterback in his debut. He has tied a rookie quarterback in his debut. He has never beaten Mitchell Trubisky. He has allowed 300 passing yard games to Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones and 400 passing yard games to Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston, who is no longer a starting quarterback in this league. Matt Patricia stinks. I'm turning 21 in a month. I don't want drinks. I don't want cash. I don't want a new guitar. I don't want a new car. I want Matt Patricia out of Detroit. If you have watched this team, led by a guy like Matthew Stafford, and you think the offense is the problem, get the hell off the internet, get out of my face. If you watch this defense, sit back, rush three, play man coverage with fourth and fifth string, and practice squad corners because your coach has no idea how to adjust, and you think this formula can still work the Patriot way, get the hell off the internet and out of my face. I have been the scheduled guy from day one on this podcast. The Lions play a handful of awful teams coming up. I would love to sit here and make a case so they can rattle off some wins. But they won't as long as this fraudulent, gimmicky, pencil-loving, rocket scientist, Patriots cast-off clown is your head coach. Sheila firestone Ham, <laughs> I believe in you. Me. Well, I, I, this, Last thing. Last, I promise my last thing. Sheila firestone ford Ham, I believe in you as an owner. I really do. I don't know why. I just like change. I believe in you. You know what you have to do. You said you would do whatever it takes to make the Lions a winning franchise. This guy ain't going to do that for you. If you want any shot at the rest of 2020, you need to fire this guy now, promote Daryl Bevel, the interim head coach, let him run the offense that won him a Super Bowl in Seattle, let Corey Younglin run the defense that won him a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, give those guys the bye week to figure it all out, then maybe, just maybe, you have a glimmer of hope that you can salvage something in a season where there's three wildcard teams. Stop this New England Patriots bullshit. It, along with Matt Patricia, has turned us into even more of a joke. Thanks, but no thanks. Get out of town. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Dude,
1: wow. I mean, I, you said it pretty good, man. And like you say, you're usually the optimist. And there is a very good possibility that they're going to be able to win a couple games down the stretch. But, I mean, it's clear that this, like, team and nucleus. And and Trent, we have the same professor, I Michigan say journalism professor. She actually made a really good point, Joanne Gersoner. She was like, Daniel Orlowski and Matthew Stafford are like best friends. Yeah. I don't think you don't think that message is coming from Stafford?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean I, I, some of it at least. And and wasn't it Glover Quinn who kind of spoke out last year and was like this. It was him
1: problem. and it was him and Quandre.
2: Yeah, Quandre digs, and I think I didn't Amir Abdullah say some stuff, too? Yeah, but,
1: like, when you have a guy like Glover Quinn or Quadri Ditts who's beloved in the locker room say this is not a good culture, these guys are arrogant, these guys don't, don't listen to anyone else, and they haven't proven anything, it, it, that should mean something. Also, I, I loved this I want people to realize this. New England's defense was not that good when he was there anyway. It was probably the worst defense under Belichick, like, honestly. Yeah, and, and and I and that's like he played in Brady's like peak peak. Honestly, if you look at those Patriot teams and a lot of their success, it was just of the offense. But this week was this. It was SOL. They get up to an early lead, get your hopes up, and then immediately, the I mean, the linebackers on the Detroit Lions rosters, I, I don't. They might as well not show up in a couple weeks because they basically didn't show up. Yeah, I mean, this Sunday it was uh, it, it was unbelievable how bad Jamie Collins was
2: oh this week. he looks bad and look if, if we if we just look at this game real quick, it's like you're playing a team that is down its number one receiver who if, i mean is the best or second best receiver in football, definitely the best possession receiver in football, broke the NFL record last year for receptions in a season. like what do you expect them to do? they're going to try to run the ball, right and and it just you're just getting gashed. All frickin' day. I mean, they the, the the Saints must have had more runs for eight yards or more than they did three yards or less.
1: Like seriously, every run was a big run. I swear, dude. And, and I know we talked about this last week, and I, I think it just may, it speaks to the incompetence of the Lions. Adrian Peterson, get him out of my TV. Get him off my screen. This guy does not need any PT. That Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift are not agree. It's so stupid. Yeah,
2: Carrion can't. Johnson cannot buy an offensive carry. Like he just- I would ask to
0: be traded, dude. I would. I I don't know how Carrion hasn't gone upstairs and been like, why the what? Why do you bring this guy in? You, you drafted me. Like I'm fine. I got a knee brace on. I'm feeling great. I I honest to God. I I if I was Carrion Johnson, I wouldn't blame him if he asked for a trade. It makes no sense. And, and I, I understand that Adrian Peterson has value as far as being a power back. And he can get you those, those like quick chunk yards right up the middle if he has to. But the bottom line is, you watch these other teams around the league, the game is all about speed. DeAndre Swift and On Johnson, Johnson are faster. They have younger legs. They're more versatile and have different components to their game that Adrian Peterson doesn't have. He dropped this like the first pass of the game out of the backfield. Like, you want to get on Swift. Brandon Swift was, was a, a game-winning touchdown that he dropped. Peterson dropped one, two in the backfield. It just I, – I appreciate the fact that this week, they at least tried to get Swift in the offense a bit more. He looked good.
1: He looked really good. I think good. he ran the
0: ball once or twice. But he runs those little, like, wheel routes or those screen routes that they have that the Saints have Kamara do all the time. And no one can guard him. You can't guard that with Swift. And they really don't use carry-on at all like they should. There was maybe one drive where I think he got one or two carries. Then they threw the ball to him where the, where he broke the NFL Films guy leg on the sideline, which was, like, ridiculous too. i got to watch carry-on lay on the ground. And I have a panic attack again, but I completely agree with you, Collins. Like no disrespect to Adrian Peterson, but it's, it's like so ridiculous. And I think it. it just, what is it? Because Bevel coached him in Minnesota. Like all of a sudden they're in bed together again. It's stupid. You don't owe this guy anything. Let him come in. You know, he, Adrian Peterson being signed effectively cost Ty Johnson his job. I don't know where Bo Scarborough is. If he's still on this team, it's just ridiculous. It, it's such a waste. Every time Adrian Pearson's in the game, it's like telegraphed handoff off the middle for, like, two or three yards. And we're second and eight every play, every possession. It's stupid. I agree. Tell,
1: I mean, the – I don't know, like, what offensive coordinators, like, think when you put, like, DeAndre Swift in the game, you're obviously looking to pass the football. Like, every single – like, if I, I'm i a Saints guy in a secondary and watch a sliver of film, oh, DeAndre Swift's in the game, they're, they're throwing a football. like. There's just no variety with their back usage. I mean, and I hate this. I know we're harping on Patricia, and I think we might need to get into a longer discussion about Quinn because these free agent signings are just horrible. There's just – I mean, he's – we've talked about it enough. He's found some pieces in the draft that make him somewhat of an asset, but he loses all credibility with these bid signings. And I know you didn't pay – and and I know you didn't pay Jamie Collins a lot. I know. But he stinks. Bad move. I mean, you saw Jesse James make a bid play this weekend. But still, he's only getting one target, and you're paying him, what, $9 million a year after you drafted a tight end first round? Like it, Some of these moves don't make any sense. Like, you draft Trey Flowers, and you're running a scheme where you're not even getting after the passer. Like, he, he like, oh, he's doing his job. He's keeping contained. Then why are you paying him like that? Like, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. What their free agent moves were. I mean, and they trade Quadreids for nothing. Yeah. like he, he wasn't making that much money. For a he bag was of nice piece. Yeah. And just just because he was a little contrarian to what they believed in was actually making plays. But yeah. hey, we this gotta is- ship this. We gotta ship this guy out of town because he's not one of our guys. No, like Tom, that,
2: you're he- exactly right. They're sucking all. Like I don't want to say they're sucking the fun out of football for these guys, but they literally are. If you speak your mind a little bit and maybe you're a little undersized. But you play hard and make plays, apparently that's not worth anything to this Patriot way and whatnot. And I just want to say one more thing about Bob Quinn and then, Ravs, I'm sure we're we're eager to get your thoughts on some of this stuff. My thing is, like, does Bob Quinn want any chance at keeping his job? Because I'll tell you right now, if they keep Patricia the rest of the year and this team miss the playoffs, he will get fired, and Bob Quinn will get fired. If Quinn has the balls to fire Patricia now – He's got a chance at salvaging his job. Say so the Lions go like eight and eight or something, then maybe you keep him around. He buys himself one more year. But if you keep Patricia and, and this team misses the playoffs, which that's, it's looking like that's going to happen as this team is now one and three, they're both gone. So I'm looking at Quinn right now. Like Bill O'Brien got fired today. Someone got the ball rolling. Like it's okay to fire your coach after four weeks because we can expect more.
0: I think looking at this game for me, Trent, I do have a question. Remind me that I I have a question to ask you before we wrap up Lions um, for the day. As far as the game is concerned to me, I mean, I was elated after the start that the Lions had because they never get off the starts like that. And there's always – what's unfortunate about being a Lions fan is there's always that piece in the back of my mind with just like there's no way they hold on to this lead. Like they're going to eventually have to fight back. And, And to the Lions' credit, They looked dead in the water going into halftime, and they did make some – they did show some signs of life at at some point in the second half. I want to break down because I do want to get back to the point about Bob Quinn. The bottom line here for this team and what what I have come to realize after now four weeks of football, everything about this defense stinks. And I really do think it's the scheme, because for the longest time, like you were saying, Trent, you and I have discussed before, you know, Collins has been a bit off of, off of the take we have, but the roster's not that bad. And I genuine, genuinely believe there's guys on this team that can play, but I, I, for whatever reason, the combination just doesn't work. If you watch the Lions play defense, they get zero, zero push off the ball up front. And, and when you look at teams that come in, like, you know, again, you see Alvin Kamara, what do you think he's going to do? And as you said, Trent, no Michael Thomas, no Jared Cook. Uh, you lose two of the two starting cornerbacks on New Orleans, also gone. I believe their right tackle or right guard uh, was out halfway through the game too. And they still just like cut you up like nobody's business. And to me, for how much money they've invested up front between Shelton, uh, Nick Williams or whatever his name is. Uh, Trey Flowers, and even at their second level. I know Reggie Ragland, I think, had a sack. Romeo Aquara had a sack as well. But it's just it's so ineffective. And we've, we've talked about this at nauseam to, to, to the extent of if you're going to play man defense in the NFL, that's fine, and I get it. But you can't expect – I don't care who you have playing cornerback, you can't cover guys for as long as the Lions give quarterbacks time to throw. You just can't. Drew Brees through the first three weeks has shown you that he is not the Drew Brees that he used to be. And how they still could not generate any pressure on this guy is beyond me. Drew Brees didn't look that great. And I got to listen to Jonathan Vilma stroke this guy on TV for three hours because he's throwing the ball into into zero coverage. There's there's no one around these guys when the ball gets in there. By the way,
2: Vilma was insufferable to listen to. I mean, that was world- the, uh, how do we? How do we? How does this happen? We got Greg Jennings at the Packers game. We got Vilma here in the Saints game. Like, this is absolute bullshit, dude.
1: You don't like Greg uh, Jennings? Like,
2: well, he he played for the Packers the whole game. Okay, the I, I, I want
1: Spielman. I'm a, so you just want the Lions slappy? Yes, dude. Come on. But see, he's not even. Like, he's not even. Spielman just like Spielman just yells at the Lions. Right? They yeah. stink. Like, <laughs> like, he's Phil- like, be better.
2: He's somewhat subjective, not these other dudes. I mean, I don't
1: I usually don't care about that stuff. That none of that stuff really makes me upset. But for some oh sorry, I'm watching I got distracted. I'm watching Monday Night Football and I just saw Butter McFarland. He's had a green suit on. God, I do you guys like Booger? I like Butter. Yeah. Sorry. But sorry, sorry. Love Booger. But uh love Susie Colbert too. The fact she got passed over for the Sunday countdown job is a joke, but whatever. Move on, move on, move on, move on, Ryan. Uh, okay, Detroit Lions. Uh, like, what are, like? What is the defensive scheme? I don't even know what it is anymore.
2: Well, they they it's started a dumpster putting... fire created drawn up by people in my mom's kindergarten class. That's Ooh. what this defensive scheme is. In they, Cram. Have,
0: they have started moving to more of like a four three base defense at times. But the problem is when you want again. Watch other teams play the sport. Like the Saints several times would bring, would literally fill like seven or eight guys in the box. And then you have to force your quarterback to make reads. And is this guy coming? They, like they show different looks. And it completely changes the mental aspect on the other side of the football for opposing teams. The Lions never do that, dude. They might creep one guy up into a gap and then he just drops back and plays coverage. But the point being of how I wanted to tie this back to Bob Quinn is – I don't have the answer for you as far as is the scheme good but you don't have players that fit? Because if that's the case, then that's a serious disconnect between your GM and coach and you couldn't figure that out. Or do you have the right players and is your coach just that bad? Like, by the way, where is Julian Aquara? Has he played a snap
2: this year? Is he hurt? He played like, a few. He, I saw, he played a couple, but I agree he's got to get because more. Because that's, yeah. that's a guy that
0: can get to the quarterback. And they don't do it. And I, I'm trying, I texted you during the game. And I'm sorry to rag on Trey Flowers as much as as much as we have. What a dude! you he doesn't do. They anything, They pay him for
1: nothing. Trent. They pay him. Well, can,
0: for I, nothing. can I explain back?
2: Well, can I just explain my thought process though? Like, yes, I, or, I, I, guys, I've said this as long as we've been doing this podcast. I have said this to you guys, and I don't know if I make sense when I say this. But my thing is, I can't judge a defensive end. Who is running in a in a three four with the with this horrible scheme and whatever what have you? I can't judge anyone on this defense. Like how how can you how can you sit there with a straight face and tell me that the players are the like like the players are the problem and how they're playing? Like it's the way they're utilized, man. You just you're just you just har- harped on it with Julian Arquara. Like he doesn't he doesn't get a chance to play. We cut guys like Devon Kennard, who actually could get to the quarterback despite this bum-ass scheme where you just sit back for like 10 seconds and let Derek Carr pick you apart on crossing routes like that's my thing I just don't get it every now and then Trey Flowers will make a play and I get it the amount of money that we're paying him to do what he does is asinine but they're the Lions guys we gotta get so, We got. We gotta go out and pay someone. You gotta use this money somehow. I just. I, I don't.
0: No, I. I do think to Trey Flowers' credit too, as I. As I just recently said a couple minutes ago, it's not like we're bringing guys up in the box to where like Trey Flowers has to like not have like. It, you know what? I, you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, If you bring more guys yes. in the box and you force alignment to maybe pick up a linebacker and Trey can get three, like I feel it like it's he everybody. A lot. It helps.
2: This is what I'm saying. He. He. He is double teamed. Yeah on virtually every snap go look like he because he is double team worthy especially on this line like that doesn't ever get pressure and has Danny Shelton nicknamed Mr. Lava Lava up the middle that's what we got that's what we're dealing with like I and I like Danny Shelton he made a really good play yesterday tipping the ball at the line whatever I like these guys I like this roster I'm not in love with the roster but I like the roster I think it's good enough to get into the playoffs when seven teams in each conference make it. I just do. And you play in a division with Kirk Cousins and Mitchell Trubisky for crying out loud. Like, get some pressure. Like, I I, I, I don't want to harp. We, we've talked about this for three years, guys. Yeah, I just don't right, know. Dude. I don't know what else to say. You're right. I, you're I, can't, right. I can't judge. Trey Flowers, I can't, I can't be mad at Trey Flowers before I first see Matt Patricia get fired, and then Trey Flowers is still, Dude. is still invisible. Then I'll be pissed, okay? Uh,
1: that, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Can, can we talk about Stafford now too? Yeah,
2: yeah, we can. I that was the turning point. He, he, that was the turning point yesterday with Stafford throwing the pick he, in the end zone.
1: He, yeah, that was a, hor- I mean, he could have set his feet obviously there, and that was just not a good throw because Hopkinson was open. He also misses that throw to Marvin Hall. I mean he's oh, not
0: dude, dude, dude. I Marvin Hall, can you put your foot oh, in yep. the ground and come back to the that ball, dude? It landed, it like landed no, no. two feet in front of no, him. No
2: no no, absolutely. I get it wasn't the best I am, throw. I am with But you dude, that's,
0: that's ridiculous. And who is that guy, by the way? What does he do? Ever?
1: Marvin Hall. He, what, what, really? what are you talking about? That was a clear miss throw by Safford. I, you know, I, I don't. I, I, Collins, I'm telling you, it's, it, was it wasn't up. as bad of a throw as you thought. I hear you. I understand you break I, off. I catch balls, that ball. Catch but that ball. But the also, other
2: Marvin, the other Marvin catches that
1: was, ball. I'm sure Marvin was in the area too, which made it weird. So, know what I mean, that's why he didn't come back to the ball because Marvin Jones was in the area. I don't know. Right. I, just, I thought it was an. Was it an overthrow
0: of Marvin Jones, or did he underthrow Marvin Hall? I have no it idea. Regardless, two it wasn't guys good standing underway. in the same
1: part of the field five yards apart. Yeah, just bad route tree. But I'm. will just, just say this. I mean, he has not been great this year. I'm not saying he's been the problem, just he has not been because this offense is actually not latourable. I would agree I'm with just. You. It's just. I don't know what they do going forward with him. Because he is clearly a guy who should be in win now mode because he's he's a good quarterback and he has the tail and he deserves to be on a winning team. And the Lions have to rebuild, right? Like step one is fire this coach. That that's kind yeah, of where like, I'm at. That's where I'm at. If you fire your coach and fire your GM, it's complete rebuild, right? That's I like my, know, that, that, yeah. that's like yeah. That's the one thing that like kind of pulls at my heartstrings that they might, I'm like, I, I love Stafford. Uh, he's the yeah. best quarterback they've ever had since we've been alive. But like, I, I know he's going to be successful wherever else he goes. I know that. But at the same time, if they rebuild this, what, what are you like, what is the organization doing to service to their future and to Stafford if they keep him around? If they want to keep him around for the rebuild, there's no reason to have him around. So I don't know what they do with him after this year. If they decide they're going to tear everything down.
2: I'm just at I, such a crossroads there because like, I, I know. because, effort. Like we
1: said, I, we don't think this roster is good, right?
2: I, I don't think it's bad. I think it's more product of your coach's stubborn, stuck in his ways where every year the defense is a literal statistical outlier in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback. Like, it's embarrassing. The Lions are probably I, – I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't even know where you'd find these numbers. The Lions over the last three years have to be, like, three of the five worst teams ever in getting pressure. Seriously. And, and like, the way the game is played these days, you have all these dynamic quarterbacks. It's just – it's a must, dude. Like, we're the Lions get to play the 0-4 Texans on Thanksgiving. You think Deshaun Watson's going to – you think he's – Shaking in his boots about playing the Lions defensive line at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's no identity on defense here. And that's supposed to be Patricia's thing. And I, and, I, and I know I'm going off the rails again. But, Collins, as far as the Stafford stuff goes, like, yeah, I love Stafford too. We all do. I mean, like, you got three huge Stafford fans on this podcast. My thing is, like, Rabs, you're so right when you say he has to play A to A+, plus, B-plus at worst. For this team. Every game, dude. Every Every single game. And 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 it shouldn't be that way, and it wouldn't be that way if this defense could stop the run one fucking time. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, he still makes a bad interception there that changes the game. No, I I, 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 get it
2: Yeah, it did, but it was also in the second quarter. I mean, you got to remember, like, there, there was a whole half that was played after that, and it was tied at that point.
0: I what what frustrates me is, and I do have a piece about the offense here. I, do, I don't want to harp on the defense too much. But Trent is absolutely right. And when you look at what's wrong with this team, the thing that bothers me is when I have to go on social media and see people be like, when Stafford throws that pick, it's like, this guy needs to go. And He's just simply not the problem, and if you watch enough games, you understand that, and if you have half a brain, you understand that too. The defense, is, the defense does nothing right, like nothing. They don't stop the run. They don't get pressure. They can't defend the pass, and, and you look at guys like Jeff Okuda who's he, he's been, he's been getting dragged. Yeah. for the last two, three weeks. And I got to hear Mike valeni at ninety-seven-one go, oh, I don't think that Jeff Okuda was actually hurt week one. I just think that he was so bad and not ready to play. They made up an injury. That shit is what irritates me because I can't even – I cannot even begin to analyze Jeff Okuda because the quarterbacks he plays against, first of all, he's stuck against guys like Emmanuel Sanders, DeAndre Hopkins, et cetera. They don't play him every snap, every snap which, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. And every time he has to defend a guy, the guy's got 10 seconds to run around and get open. I don't care if you're Jalen Ramsey. I don't care if you're Darius Slay. You're not guarding a guy for that long. Back to the offense, I really – I say it every week. Matthew Stafford, and Trent just repeated it too, the guy has to play an A to B plus game at worst for us to have a chance. As dead as this team looked going into halftime, they still put up 29 points at the end of the day. They lost by six points. If you would have told me the Lions would come all the way back and only lose by six points after the Saints put up 21 points in the second quarter, I would have told you you were crazy the guy never quits and he had whatever the stuff is that makes up his brain and his ability he has it to where he can keep the lions in games but no matter what the odds look like stacked against this team I don't think Daryl Bevel has done a very good job at all this year they script the, the first they script the first possession or two decently well everything after that is a train wreck they do they try this like they got Jamal Agnew in the offense now. Like, I got to watch. This is the guy you want – you guys, you guys want to run a 50-yard go to the end zone to catch balls I, I like his like, Jerry Rice? That's that's, that's the creativity we use?
1: I, I get what you're saying. I don't think bevel has been good either. I don't think Agnew's – I actually kind of like Agnew in the offense. If you're going to have him on the roster, I think that's where he's most valuable. But the running back situation is, like, mind-boggling. It's ridiculous. Like it, 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 is, it, it, it is. It is – I hate to say I could do his job, but I could do his job just for those. Hey, DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson need these carries. I, I, like, I don't know what they're seeing or well, possibly could be seeing that they are giving Adrian Peterson You know what my theory is? My labs. theory
0: is I, I think Daryl Babel knows and believes that this defense is so bad that they just try to pound the ball with Adrian Peterson to keep the ball in other teams' hands. That's – I genuinely believe – that's why they run with him so often, because I think they just try to kill clock. I think that they, 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 they just keep it on the ground with him because they don't think the defense can stop anyone. But well, but no that,
2: I, I just I, wanted to say real quick, I, yes. I, especially when you're now looking at a team that's one and three, that, you know, very well could, you know, after, you know, the next two or three games, you're looking at, yeah, this team sucks. We got we to gotta build for the future a little bit. Then, I mean, at that point, if AP is still getting 20 carries and Swift and carry on aren't, I'm gonna have an aneurysm. so that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we better I'm see an it aneurysm
1: switch. if out of the bye, Swift is not getting carries.
2: Yeah, he no, needs I agree. To be Getting carries, I completely co-sign what you guys said. I
1: think
0: Bubble Two has just been—it's been very vanilla. I, I, you watch, you watch these guys, some of these guys produce and have such great games. TJ Hawkinson played great last week. He only gets—I think he had four targets this week, two receptions for nine yards and a touchdown. Granted, the touchdown was obviously huge. But, like, T.J. Hawkinson is a matchup nightmare. His size, his skill set, and his speed, no linebackers are going to cover him. Like, he's like a – I'm not going to say he's as good as George Kittle or a Kelsey, but he's got the frame and he's got the makeup that those guys do. So, I'd like to see them at least make an effort to get him the ball more. But other than that, I, when it comes to Stafford, and you guys have posed this question of, like, what do they do with him? My biggest hope, and it pains me to say it, I hope they trade this guy and I hope he goes and wins somewhere else. Uh, whatever Dude, I'm, whatever I'm team gonna... he goes to, whatever team he goes to, Jacksonville, whoever they want to trade him to, I'm buying a jersey and I can't wait to get a shirt when that team that he's on wins the Super Bowl. Because I think that you, you don't think that Matthew Stafford – just sick of playing for this team. His I offensive line be. hasn't been hasn't been horrible. Taylor Ducker has been great this year. I still don't get why they're not playing Big V. his actual position that you paid him sixty million dollars play. I'll never understand it. They did the same bullshit with Ragnow, and they finally moved him to center. So I don't get that. He he looks so uncomfortable in the pocket to where, as Colin said earlier, on the interception of Jesse James, all you got to do is get air under the ball, under the ball, let him go run and catch it. But he's always got happy feet. He's throwing off his back foot. He's running for his life because I think he, like, actually sees ghosts. Like, he sees ghosts coming to attack him on, through the offensive line. And our receivers, by the way, again, as I said this last year, this I don't know how true this is because this is an Uncle Steve stat, that he actually said statistically – and I I remember mentioning this last year. Lions receivers get the least amount of separation on their cornerbacks than any other team in the league. Like no one's open, dude. Do you ever see guys open for this guy to throw to? I love yeah, Kenny he Galladay. He missed a couple of them this week. I get that, but I love Kenny Galladay. He catches a lot of balls. He's like the slowest receiver in the NFL. Like it's okay, like okay, let's thinking.
1: relax. I mean, the guy's literally the top ten receiver. I'm not going to do criticizing Kenny Galladay. He puts up numbers every week. I- well, no one.
2: To open ever. That I, I, the idea I, is that you rely on Marvin and Kenny to make like big time catches. That's it. I mean, and they and do. They do.
1: But Marvin doesn't get open enough. That's just a fact. He makes a lot of difficult catches and he has really good hands. But he, he like unless he there's someone else that they're keen on, it's hard for him to get open. That's just I, I that's mean, the truth of the matter. But I, I like what you said because Hobson has been good this year. You should look for him more. He's becoming more of an option for you, but. He I just don't know what you I I just want to get back to this conversation just you want to trade him just I don't want to trade him like that's not what no, I want no, but I don't I, I don't I don't know I like I think they have to though they have to after this year right
0: I don't I don't want to trade him at all because I think that as you said if they're going to rebuild and assuming they go draft a quarterback And no one they get in the draft is going to take this team and, like, all of a sudden they're going to be out of control like unbelievable. So it's going to take time. Matthew Stafford is the best chance that you have had to win anything with. And at least it looks like that for the next decade. I don't want them to trade Stafford. But as you said, Collins, if they're going to get rid of Patricia, if they're going to get rid of Quinn, unless the next GM comes in and says, this is our guy until his contract's up – This is what we're going to do around. I would love in a perfect world for them to ride Stafford's contract out. I'm just saying for the sake of Matthew Stafford, I I, I feel so bad that that guy has to play here and get criticized and burned at the stake every single week because if he's not perfect, they lose. And, and fans look at him like he's the reason why the Lions don't win games. While the Lions are giving up 21 points in one quarter, and they're they're blowing they're blowing leads of 14, 11, 17, whatever. But that's the reason why they don't win. So for his sake, I hope the Lions trade him because I'm sure he's as sick of playing here. Even though he'll never say it to you, because he's a leader and he's a great human being, he'll never he'll never utter a word of grievance against this team. I hope he gets to play somewhere else. As far as what they should do, I don't know, man. I have I have no answer for you What's because it, this because is the guy I mean, that he's it, it, the best chance you have to win. Sorry, Trevor Lawrence ain't gonna win you Super Bowl in the next three years, Lions fans. Yeah, Can't obviously,
1: obviously, but he might win you one in ten years. That that's the thing. like the the window is not three years anymore. The window, like I think, the Lions' window is shut. Like in in Stafford's time, like it's hard to imagine. Like three years ago when. Patricia came here. You're like, Oh, here we go. Here, here it is. Like, here's (laughs) like the good lions teams and Stafford's have an opportunity to tell people, Hey, maybe he's a top five quarterback. And the teams have failed him obviously, but also, I mean, like I've said this the last couple of weeks and and it kind of comes off the heels of this last loss. Stafford is not the problem, but he's also like not the Messiah. Like, th- there could be an in-between. correct? correct. Like, it can just be – an in- like, that, I think that's the problem sometimes people have is that they're just so far on one side and uh, the other. It's not like politics yeah. with Stafford. Because they're either like, this guy's a top-five quarterback or mm-hmm. that he's a bum, they should get rid of him. I don't think it's either of that. I think you need a really good roster around him if you want to win a title because I don't think he is in the one percentile. Like, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson – and Aaron Rodgers, where he could single handedly take a team to win their division and win a couple playoff games. Like, I, he's just not that guy. But he's also a guy in that category, like Matt Ryan. If you put a good, good roster around him, he could probably make something happen in the playoffs. But they Dude, haven't had that. If, imagine they if they haven't Safford had that. Julio but, that but, but there shouldn't be the, as oh many excuses God. about the roster. There shouldn't be that many excuses about the roster at the same time from the Stafford Lovers. Well, That's let's the you thing. say.
2: Well, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, no, go, I, 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 go ahead, Collins. I, I'm with you a thousand percent there because my argument is that yes, there's maybe four guys in this league right now who are like the Messiah, right? Like, yeah, I, like I don't even know if you can say like Lamar Jackson is yet, cause like he he's played two playoff yeah. games, he stunk it up in both of them. So like I'm just kind of at the point where I'm like, Matthew, St- yes, you can win, you can win with Matthew Stafford. And, and like you said, Stafford lovers should be less – they should have less, like, caveats with the roster. I'm not complaining about the roster. I'm complaining about how the roster is used, how the players are used, how you use your personnel, how your coach coaches, prepares, game plans, whatever. That whole picture to me is brutally – like, it's disgusting. It makes me want to throw up. Like, Matt Patricia and everything about him and the way he prepares his team is so inept. And I just think – I don't think it's a roster thing. I think this roster is good enough for Stafford to win nine or ten games because I picked the Lions to go ten and six this year, you know. It's just one of those things with me. I don't know. Maybe it's blind faith. Maybe I'm an idiot. But I I really, truly believe with everything in me that it's the coach and the way that this team is being utilized as opposed to – the pieces around Stafford, obviously, that plays a little part. Like, I'd rather have a couple more playmakers on offense and stuff, but I think you got enough there where you could make something happen.
1: Yeah, but, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We can. i, mean, I would, we're gonna be able. We're gonna have to touch on this the rest of the season, but because, I, I mean, personally, to me, I think I know you got a couple totally easier opponents. I know more people get into the playoffs this year. I just don't see any scenario that this Lions team mates the playoffs they're just they're not their defense is just so bad i think the season's over i want to i i want to pose a question it's over
0: this is this is kind of trend i this is what i wanted to ask you after your patricia i will ask you the same thing now we're looking at a team that's one and three they have a bye week this upcoming week i want to i want to yes or no do you want matt patricia to be the head coach for this team going into week,
2: what is it, five or six against oh, Jacksonville.
1: He needs to be fired They don't
2: want Matt Patricia Could to be been fired coach. after last year. I hope, in a perfect world, Matt Patricia is already fired when people hear this podcast. Like, I, I, really I hope are. Matt Patricia gets fired tomorrow. Tomorrow. Seriously. I think I we have a better you. chance. Call me crazy. You guys are hockey guys. The St. Louis Blues did it. They did it. You can fire your coach, and it can be addition by subtraction. That's I know I this, this is football. Yep and it's so different, and it's a shorter season. But, yes, I absolutely believe – maybe I am an idiot. I think Daryl Bevel could be a better head coach than Matt Patricia, 10, 25, and 1 Matt Patricia. I absolutely do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not even just Patricia. underlin has been horrible, too. I mean, I, I know again, that it's but, Pat- again, Patricia Z. No, no, guy. I know what you're saying, Trent, but, like, if they fired Patricia, it's not like – their defense is still going to stink. They're not going to switch to a 4-3 or something and have different players in, like, week eight. That's just not going to happen. They're going to well, stink still. Yes,
2: but you know if Patricia's I mean? out of town, at least they'll give the – No, they should fight and-
1: Patricia so you can figure out some other stuff quicker yes. than you need to. Well,
2: I'm just saying, if Patricia is out of town, you don't have someone, you know, holding you down with their thumb saying, here's your play sheet, Corey Unlin, has three plays on it, and they all involve rushing three and never bringing any pressure – and man coverage with Tony McRae and Daryl Roberts as your quarterbacks. Like, oh, I my just, God. Daryl
1: Roberts, it's pulled, picked apart every week.
2: Oh, my word. Dude. He's a just, special like, teams player, dude. I, he is. Like, and that's what, who we have out there. <laughs> and this is, this is, again, this is the last thing I'll say. It's just that, to me, is your coach. It's your coach's inability to adapt, to adjust, to game plan the correct way. You don't have to be so stuck in your ways where you don't see or hear anything else from the outside world. Dude, you've won 10 games in three freaking years because you don't change anything ever. And opposing offenses know exactly what you're going to run every time. And you make mediocre quarterbacks like Jameis Winston and Derek Carr and Mitchell Trubisky and rookie Kyler Murray and rookie Sam Darnold tear you apart, like make you look Like a dumpster fire because that's what you are. That's it. That's all I've got. I absolutely think if you fire Patricia, like, I would. I would rather my grandmother coach the Detroit Lions than this guy at this point. Because maybe my grandmother would know that when you're missing your first, second, and third corners in week four, excuse me, in week one, in the fourth quarter, you can't play man coverage even against a really bad quarterback because he's been playing quarterback his whole life, and if he has ten seconds to throw and guys are wide open, he's gonna hit them. That's the bottom line. I could talk about this for hours. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I uh, know. My. No,
1: I know we're just talking in circles, but. Uh.
2: Yeah my my only
0: reservation to to wrap it up. I still I have a little case of the Trent syndrome. If if this team was one in six or one in seven, I I mean even like one in five, I would be more than willing to probably throw the towel in and go let's just look to next year. So my only reservation is, and I think Trent you did a pretty good job of at least putting me at ease. Of, of my, the, the analogy to the St. Louis Blues was perfect. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't be upset if Matt Patricia was still the head coach coming out of this bye week because they're one and three and they play a bit of an easier schedule. Now I, in a perfect world, you know, my dumb brain thinks, Oh, they should walk in. They should, you know, walk into Jacksonville and win that game. They should beat the Washington football team. They should beat Atlanta, all these things. They could be three and three uh, and we're all feeling good and like, Hey, the season might not be over, but as you said, Trent, it, it could get, it could get a lot worse. It could get a lot worse. Before it gets any better, and that could be the case of if this guy sticks around for any longer than the bye week, it could get worse. Or you know, they yep. could win two games. So I don't know. That's my only reservation. Is I'm not willing to completely jump ship on the season because they are only one and three, and they do. You know, I think this bye week is coming. Patricia's lucky this is the bye week. I, by absolutely, the way. absolutely.
2: Like really lucky yes. because
0: one yes. and three is like close to being a fireball record for this guy. As you just saw Bill O'Brien get fired uh, today, but whatever. Uh, no Lions game next week. Obviously, it's the buy as we've said before. I do have to mention the picks. I, I don't think I can legally tell anyone to take my gambling advice, but if you have been riding the Rabinowitz train, you might be a millionaire by now. You could have retired. I'm 8-0. Brian Collins had a nice week. He's 6-2. Trent, you're 4-4. So whether you want to fade Trent, or ride with Rabs, you could be a millionaire right now.
2: I'm back to 500.
1: To. Let me That's actually this. not bad, to be honest. As a collective group, we had a pretty good year going.
2: Incredible. I will say this. I am not I, – I, Trent Bailey, with a hand on my heart, am picking against the Detroit Lions until Matt Patricia is fired. I will, oh,
1: not I will not pick. I don't believe it until it happens. I don't believe it until it happens. Depends on the spread. Depends on the spread. I, on. That's what I've said. Go I ahead. don't believe it until it happens.
2: I am not. I am no longer going to have my blind faith picks for this coach mm. because he's an idiot. That's all I have to say.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. I, I know everyone will miss the picks dearly, but, again, I hate to toot my own horn, but 8-0. Hey, 0, good, good, job. Good, job, good job. Good job, man. Pretty good. You're doing <laughs>
2: Thank well. Thank you.
0: Thank you, uh, Trent. I do hope you have a trifecta for us after we do all this Red Wing stuff.
2: I do. Um, okay. If
0: you don't, I, I'm not gonna get upset with you if you don't have much to to add here under the Red Wing stuff. I know that how, you're not the biggest Red Wings guy. That's fine. It's fair, it's so. right.
2: That's fair. All right. That's why I'm I'm appreciative that you guys let me drive for six minutes or whatever that was during the no, line. You're the man, It's, not, it's all you. is your man. Red Wing. Okay. okay.
0: If any of you guys want to jump in, if you have questions, concerns, comments, I am all ears. I would love to answer them or have a civil discourse with you about it. I know, Collins, you probably have some things to add in here. Um, First things first, I want to mention, um, Jimmy Howard has been informed by the Red Wings that he will not be offered a contract extension, so he'll become an unrestricted free agent. Um, I bring it up because as three guys who have been alive during Jimmy Howard's prime, and he's really been – since we've been you know, watching the Red Wings as intelligent human beings, he's been the guy. So I figured it was worth mentioning. Um, he's 36 years old at the moment. He was drafted in 03 by the Wings with the 64th pick. Collins, I'll get to you in a second. got to get through. I gotta, let me read the stats. i got to read the stats. Let me get the stats off. i
1: got the stats. Oh, no. Um, no, no. I, was just, I, was just, I was raising my hand so you go to me nuts as I have a thought on you. <laughs> okay. Um, drafted in 03 by the Wings
0: with the 64th overall pick. Actually, believe it or not, to all these people out there, and I guess I, this, I have more information to give before I make this claim, but everyone out there that says like Jimmy Howard stinks, I hate you, and you're wrong, and I'm about to tell you why, so I can at least put some good, some good words onto Jimmy Howard's name for all the people in this city that trash him for being a bad goaltender. Runner up for the Calder Trophy in 2009 for Rookie of the Year, how are you? Guy was 37, 15, and 10, top five in goals against average and save percentage, uh, played 543 career games for the Wings over 14 years, 246, 196, and 70 record, uh, posted a nine-twelve save percentage, 2.62 goals against, three-time All-Star, he won gold as a starter in the 2002 World Juniors for Team USA, 2014 Olympic roster, 2017 World Championships roster, Also has the NCAA record for goals against average and save percentage in a season. And I will note this again to my Jimmy Howard haters: the last two seasons are the only seasons in this guy's career where he had lower, or I'm sorry, where he had a goals against average over three. And last season was the only season in his career. We had a sub 90 save percentage on a team that could not play defense and could never score goals. So my parting words to Jimmy Howard are, thank you for your service. I'm sorry things worked out this way. Jimmy Howard, although he did play games for the Red Wings when they won the Cup in 08, his name is not on the Stanley Cup. He did get a ring. But as far as my childhood is concerned, most of my memories of Red Wings hockey are with Jimmy Howard in the net. He will go down in history as being one of the best American goaltenders of all time. You can okay, put your money huh? on that. You huh? will, dude. Are you serious? Dude, relax. No. American
1: goaltenders. Did, Did, he, you see start Maine? Did he start in the Olympics? Did he start an Olympics? No, it was, he didn't play a game. Didn't yeah, a okay. NCAAs. Then End of discussion. But uh, <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Howard was fine. He was just a really streaky player for his like, whole career. He really was. Like, when he, he was good, he was good. Like, really, really good. When he was bad, he was bad. <laughs> like, And, yeah, and once he got that big contract after he had that unbelievable end of his season, he, I mean, injuries kind of happened, old age happened. But, I mean, I don't think he really lived up to the contract they paid him. But at the same time, like, he was good. I i, I don't think he, did, he deserves the crap that he got for a lot of his career. But, I mean, he was a nice player. He was a he. I I I don't know if he ever was good enough to win a cup, but hey, the wins basically stunk for the majority of his. Like, I mean, what's it called? How many playoffs did he make? Like four or five. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of of what portion of that unbelievable run that he was a part of. I mean, I well, guess he, was... he was really good when they went to the Western uh, semis against the Pelicans. He was really good that year.
0: Yeah, well, what, what, like you said, when Jimmy Howard was good, he was awesome to watch. It was fun hockey to watch. But there were times where you just, like, I, deservedly so. I actually looked at his Wikipedia page today where it, when it says position where it should say goalie, someone edited it and put sieve, which is just mean.
1: That's mean. And also, the mention is the wins have probably had the worst events of court for the last, like, ten years.
0: So. Right. They don't,
1: they never get goal support.
0: So that's why, again, I, I look at it and like, if you're really going to blame Jimmy Howard, you're clearly not a big hockey person enough to understand what's going on. But either way to be with the wings for 14 years. I mean, you got to love it. I love Jimmy Howard. I wish him the best wherever he goes. He'll probably get a, I'll obviously get a lot less money than he was making with the wings. I'm sure he'll just sit in a backup role and be somewhat serviceable, but it just, it sucks that things had to end this way because you kind of saw it come in the last two years and you're thinking, like, are they going to trade him? Are they not? And ended up just having to tell them, like, look, for the for the betterment of our franchise, we're not going to be able to, to re-sign you. I don't blame them. And I guess they're going to probably go with Bernier and Calvin Picard in that if they don't go get a goalie, which I will have more on that next week. Um, but either way, thank you, Jimmy Howard. Sad to see. But – Um, The biggest thing here today that I wanted to do on the podcast, like I mentioned earlier, the 2020 NHL draft begins Tuesday, October 6th. So probably the day that you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on time, uh, first round of the draft is on the 6th at 7 p.m. Second round through the seventh round will be on Wednesday, October 7th at 1130 a.m. That's on NHL Network NBCSN for the first round on Tuesday if you want to watch it. Um, So here's what I have prepared for us. I have a draft overview. Uh, I kind of just want to give my general thoughts as far as how I think the draft is going to shake out before it gets to the wings, some players to watch that the wings could potentially be going after. And then I have my guy. I'd like to see the wings take. I have my guy that I think the wings will take and Ryan Collins, Trent, if you guys have guys that you think you would like to see in a wings uniform, I'd love to hear it as well. But for our listeners at home, this is basically how I'm looking at this draft. Wings have the fourth overall pick. They got a million picks in this draft. They have three second, they have three second round picks. They have the first pick in the second round this year. Uh, I think they have three-thirds as well, two or three-thirds. Um, but they are loaded with draft picks here. I wouldn't be surprised if they package a couple draft picks to move up in some spots or if they trade away some picks to get other assets. There's a million things that could happen um, but I'm looking primarily for the for the sake of this podcast at this fourth overall pick. Now, Alexi Lafreniere, obviously, this is the guy that you've been hearing about all year long. If you're an NHL fan, if you follow the sport, he's been the consensus number one pick for realistically the last two years. Um, so I'll get this out of the way. No reason to overthink it. I overthink it. I believe he's going to go number one to the Rangers, and a Rangers fans should be elated to have him because. He, not that he is being compared to like a McDavid or a Crosby, but he's getting that type of hype of like this genera- generational talent coming into the league. He'll go to one uh, with the Rangers. Now is where we get a little bit tricky. And this is where the two guys I'm about to mention, it seems like the script is set for these guys to go two and three in some order. Um, In the event that these guys are there at four, one or two of these guys, I would say the Wings are probably going to jump out of their seats and take one of these guys. Um, But for the sake of just building the foundation, uh, Quentin Byfield is is a name that you've also probably heard as being perhaps the consensus second overall pick. Um, He's a center, 6'4", 215 pounds, 32 goals and 50 assists, plus twenty-six in 45 games for the Sudbury Wolves this season in the OHL. Big body guy, obviously with his frame, explosive stride. The guy's got great hands. He potentially, I would say in my mind, probably has the highest ceiling with the body that he has, and again, only being 18 as most of these guys are in their draft year. I think he's got the highest ceiling of anyone in this draft, to be honest. There's mixed reviews on his work ethic. You'll read things of like he's a hard worker. The guy loves to go to the net. He's great defensively. Other things are like, yeah, he takes games off. There's some some games he looks invisible. Um, as the year he has gone on, the second guy I want to mention here is Tim Stutzel. Many scouts have bumped this Stutzel kid ahead of Quentin Byfield. So. In my eyes, I see Quentin Byfield going too to the LA Kings. I think given his size and his makeup, the Kings really, really need an impact center on their roster. I think he'd benefit tremendously from Anze Kopitar over there in LA, Um, another big body centerman that plays a somewhat similar style. So I I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Stutzel, who I'll give you some more specs on, And the second goes ahead of Quentin Byfield to two. There was also a lot of talk. I know I said earlier on in the year on this podcast that it was Lafreniere and then everyone else was just, it was just all second place. For whatever reason, Tim Stutzel has come out of nowhere, really. I shouldn't say out of nowhere because he was ranked pretty high, but people were talking about is, could this guy go one over Lafreniere? I don't see it happening, but I see Byfield going to Tim Stutzel. This is the kid that I would, in my dream scenario, he falls at the wings at four. Uh, Six foot, foot 187 are his uh, specs. He's a center slash left winger. I think that he will end up playing center at the NHL level because he has the skill set to do so. Seven goals and 27 assists. He was a plus four in 41 games for Adler Mannheim. Uh, in the DEL, which is Germany's top pro league. Fun fact, that's where Moritz Seider came from when the Wings drafted him. Um, He's already playing against professional athletes, which is why I think, you know, when you look at these guys from the CHL, meaning like your byfields and your Lafreniers, they're playing against kids their own age. Tim Stutzel's had some time to play against the guys that are much older than him in that German pro league. Um, So that's always a good sign that he's at least producing and looking pretty solid in those games. Excellent skater, great one-on-one skills. He's got a tremendous eye for the ice. I think the physicality of the NHL is going to be his biggest challenge. Um, But I I really do believe that this kid might end up being the best player in in this draft. I don't see a way that he's there for the wings at four. But if Stutzel somehow were to fall, I honestly think Steve Eizerman jumps out of his chair and, like, this is the guy. He's just – everything on film checks out. He sees the ice tremendously. He can make things happen. He has a tremendous skating ability. So, this is the guy that I'd love to see the Wings get it for. Like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Stutzel, Byfield, and Lafreniere is going to be your mix of the top three, which now brings me to my Red Wings short list of guys that I think A, will be there for the Red Wings to draft at number four, and B, uh, I really believe that these are guys that the Red Wings are probably looking at extensively. And again, I want to put the disclaimer on here. Steve Eiserman could completely go off the board at four here. I have no idea what the plan is. You know, we can talk needs all day long. This is the draft to me where I think you just go best player available because no matter where you try to fill your need here, you're, you're going to be getting a tremendous player. I mean, especially picking at four. And, and I said it for the longest time, too, as I admit to, it was Lafreniere than everyone else. I think that gap has gotten a lot tighter. Um, but but I, I really think that the Wings are going to get a great player for Collins, I'd let you go ahead. I see your hand raised. Please enter the chat.
1: So I, I heard what you said with Lafreniere. What has changed? since the pandemic that makes a Stutzel kid like even in the same conversation as Lafreniere, who are they basically saying was the Netsman David?
0: I just think, I think the thing with Stutzel is that he just, it wasn't so much a Lafreniere thing as it was a Stutzel thing. I think Lafreniere had a pretty great world junior championships, which is really the last time that I think we got to really see a lot of these names on the big stage before you know, they went back to their respective leagues and then COVID hit and seasons ended. So I just think Stutzel has kind of come out of the woodwork as being a lot better than anticipated. And again, the big thing that he's got going for him is not that the DEL is some premier professional league in the grand scheme of hockey, but it is a pro league. He's still playing against grown men, you know, ex-NHLers that go over there, guys that have been in the league here and there. So the fact that he's playing against grown men as a 17, 18 year old and is able to produce the way he does and looks as good as he does, I think is what has pushed him to the point where, as I said, I think he's going to be the best player to come out of this draft as far as where he was drafted and what he can provide for you. Lafreniere is going to be in the league until we're, you know, older men. So not that old, but you know, he'll he'll be in the league for 10, 15, maybe 20 years. He's just, he's just that good and has the NHL makeup. But I just think Stutzel has really surprised people. Uh, with, with his playing ability, which is why I also think I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings took him. I just think it would be by field at two and still at three is, is where I'm at. Um, yeah. Back to
1: my – Yeah, I, <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I just I, – I, I, just, I just find it hard to believe. I, like it's kind of like an NFL draft and you see these guys jumping up late. When it comes farther from the seasons, I just think some people are overthinking it. And I don't know. I think they're, I, I could see the Red Wings getting Stutzel just because of that. I mean, people just like to overthink things. So I don't know. Maybe they get them. But yeah, I'm just saying, Lafreniere is right. going to be the best player in this draft. I'm just saying that, point blank. He That's will. fair. And I don't, I don't He's bring disgusting. opinion at all. He is Gross. tremendous. Um, so here's my Red Wings
0: shortlist. Uh, I'll, I'll, I got, I think I have five guys on here that, that you could see as names that might fly off the board at four again. I don't know what Iserman's plans are. I think he's going to get a great player here no matter what. First on this list, Yaroslav, Oskarov, whatever. The guy, These Russian names kill me. Askarov, Oskarov, whatever. Um, this is the goalie that eyes are on in this draft. This kid will go in the top 10, 6'4", 176 pounds. He had, he's only played in three KHL games, which is the Russian professional league. His stats are insane. Like, his goals against average is, like, 0.76, and his save percentage is, like, 0.976 it's it's ridiculous what his stats were in the KHL and the small sample size moves extremely well he, he all his highlights are him just making saves that aren't supposed to be made and everyone's saying that he could be the highest drafted goalie since Carey Price I believe it I think he'll go in the top 10 I know there's mixed opinions in the Red Wings world as far as like do you go get this guy at four he's that good You really do need a goaltender. I just think the wings don't have as urgent of a need to get this kid at four as people think. If you're going to pick a goalie this high, it better hit. Not saying that this kid's not going to pay off to be an absolute stud in the NHL, but when you have guys like Fulcher, Larson, Brostrom that are signed to contracts on your roster, they're still young enough to where I think that you can be confident to where – I would hope the Wings have the confidence that one of those three guys I mentioned can develop and make the big club in the next year or two. And there's also a great pool of goalies available for free agency. There's some goalies that are probably going to get traded. Matt Murray being one. Devin Dubnik was traded for Minnesota today. So Matt Murray in Pittsburgh is a guy that's probably going to get moved as well. Again, more on that next week. But I really don't think that at four, this is the guy to take. Um, next up is a guy that many Red Wings fans, I think, believe, and people around the league believe the Wings will take. That's Jamie Drysdale. He's the highest-rated defenseman in this draft for a reason. Five foot eleven, 170 pounds, nine goals and 38 assists with a plus nine and 49 games for Erie the OHL this year. Tremendous skater, great vision for the ice. He'll be able to do. He'll, he'll be a tremendous asset on your power play. Um, as well as just being a great puck-moving defenseman. As I said, he's been the highest-rated defenseman all year long for this draft and deservedly so. So wouldn't be mad at all if the Wings went and took took Drysdale. I just think the Wings have a bit more in the works on defense than people may think. I mean, Philip Roenick's turned the corner. You have Moe Sider that's supposed to turn out and be something decent, hopefully. Um, Dennis Chalowski's still working out the kinks as well, so – I'd like to think that the Wings are are maybe looking to go in a bit different direction here and take a forward that I will mention in a second. But I wouldn't mind getting Drysdale. I think a lot of people are probably calling for the Wings to take a guy like Drysdale because of the fact they've looked so bad on defense. But um, skating ability, puck moving ability, uh, vision on the ice. And like I said, he's going to be a huge power play asset. He's going to stick in the show for a long time um, and deservedly the, the highest rated defenseman in this draft. Another guy to look at on defense who is another one of those guys who was rated. I think he was rated among North American skaters like 10th or 11th all year long. He's recently jumped up to number four. Uh, Jake Sanderson, 6'1", 185 pounds, seven goals, 22 assists, and 47 games as the captain of the U18 NTDP team this season. Tremendous shutdown defenseman. And that's the biggest pro of this kid is he's so smart. In the defensive zone, he's so calculated. He's another guy with great skating ability and puck-moving ability. Um, I, I just think he's made such tremendous strides this year from last year with the U-17s. He's moved up the board a ton. If he doesn't get taken first as far as defenseman, he will get taken second. And I actually think his game fits the needs of the Wings a bit more than Drysdale as far as, you know, the Wings are still looking for a guy that can just be a shutdown guy in zone. I know Gronick plays, plays the two-way game pretty well. Chalowski, his big knock was not being that good in the defensive zone, which is why he got sent down um, this year and last year. Uh, Mo Sider, I, I think another guy that's, that's great both ways. But if the Wings are looking for a shutdown defenseman, this is the guy named Jake Sanderson. I almost would rather see the Wings take Sanderson than Drysdale for that fact that, you know, you still need guys that can play D in their own zone. You look at a guy like Victor Hedman that can really do it all. Not that Jake Sanderson's player comp is Victor Hedman by any stretch of the imagination, but defense still wins championships in the NHL, believe it or not. Now we get to the two premier guys, and I promise, and I don't know if Trent's still awake, but these are the last two guys that we got going here. I'm going to give you the guy that I think the wings will take. I'm going to give you the guys that I think, or the guy that I think the wings should take. First guy is the guy that I think the wings are going to end up taking just because I think Steve Eiserman will absolutely love the way this kid plays. Lucas Raymond, five 5'11", 170 pounds. He lit up the top junior league in Sweden in 2018-2019 with 48 points in 37 games. He just made the jump to the SHL, which is the top Swedish pro league, full-time this year. 10 points in 33 games. Uh, one of the better goal scorers in this draft. He was ranked, I think he's the second-ranked European skater plays a very, very intense two-way game. All these scouting reports say that he's an absolute threat on the forecheck. He plays the two-way game very well. He just makes things happen on offense, and it makes no sense because I think he was 17 when he was playing in the World Junior Championships and still was just lighting it up. Unbelievable playmaking ability. He makes things happen on offense. He's a force on defense in the forecheck, like I said. Very, very complete game, and I think he has all the tools between his speed, skating ability, his shot is tremendous. He's got great hands. He he keeps getting compared to Johnny Goudreau as his player comp, but obviously in a much bigger frame than Johnny Goudreau has. I think with being as good of a two-way player as he is and already, has a, already having the physical component to his game, I really think this is the guy that Eiserman's going to take here at four, and I think he's going to be an absolute stud. I think he's also a guy that he can probably plug in right away as long as his, he has a great training camp. Um, so Lucas Raymond, look out for him. Another Swede, I know the Wings love their Swedes. I love the Swedes as well. That's the guy that I think they're going to be taking it for. Now, the guy that I would like to take it for, this kid is something else. Marco Rossi, he's a centerman, 5'9", 183 pounds. He is 19 years old, so on the older side of this draft as far as eligibility goes. I know it sounds like he's a small guy at 5'9", 183. This kid – had 120 points and a plus 69 rating in 56 OHL games this year with Ottawa. He did drop a spot in the central scouting rankings this year. He was the fifth-ranked North American skater. He dropped the sixth as of late. I I urge everyone to go watch highlights of this kid play. Exceptional playmaking ability, extremely smart defender, and the best thing that I love that I always hear about in these scouting reports of him his work ethic and his character are like off the charts, which is really all I care about with anyone that you're drafting on any team. His his film and his highlights, he never looks panicked. He's a guy that's five foot nine, never panicked, never rushed. He's a strong kid, tremendous ability to handle the puck and make plays under pressure, especially in tight spaces. I think this kid would absolutely change the game for the wings. Like he's a guy that can just he can put the puck him in that, he can provide offense. In a very creative way, he can create chances for a team in the wings that struggle to create chances and to score goals and to have any kind of creativity or fluidity to their offense. Marco Rossi, I mean 120 points in 56 OHL games. And his I think the plus 69 rating might actually be a bit more impressive. Just the fact that he's that good of a two-way player at five foot nine. This is, I, I, I could see the Red Wings taking him. I, I'm sure he'll fall past four because Eiserman might like who he has on the board a bit more. But my Lord, is this kid fun to watch on film? I don't think the Wings can go wrong here for – I think the worst-case scenario that they do end up taking this goalie from Russia, I just think that between Drysdale and, and Sanderson and Raymond and Rossi, and especially if Stutzel's there, or Byfield – I think that you are going to be getting a talent that you might be able to plug in right away. And it's going to be tremendous. And it'd be a tremendous asset to your rebuild. But to sum it all up, I want Rossi. I think they'll take Raymond. Either way, you can't miss. And that's all I got for Red Wings draft preview. We'll see. There you go. What a start.
1: What a start there. I I want to chime in just a little bit because I didn't want to step on your toes there because you did all the prep work. And I don't want to sound rude because I don't know half the things you were saying. But I completely agree that you don't need to go need here. Because I, 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 I unlike any other league, I think going need in the NHL is just like not a good idea. I, I don't know what it you no know I mean it, it, it just every I, I understand the wings defensemen have been horrible for like ten years. Ever since Lichram and Rafalsi have been out of town, they really haven't had a shutdown guy. We're just a go-to defenseman, and you you've just been craving for one. But get the best player available. Trust who you want, and, and don't reach for a goalie. Don't reach for a goalie. If this guy's generational, take him. I I, I get that. If he's to that's carry Price, yeah, you take him. No mm-hmm. duh. We're not like i not an idiot, but if he's not, if he's a guy who has the potential to be like that, but it's not a sure thing, don't take him. Just taking a goalie at four who doesn't turn out to be – doesn't pan out, I, I don't know, that doesn't look very good on your track record, and, and it puts you back another year, especially for a team who was the worst in NHL last year. That's just all I wanted to say.
2: I have yes, something Trent? to say. Yes. Listen, I One of my great buddies who I've known forever, big hockey guy, he plays junior hockey for the Shreveport Mudbugs. Uh, wow, um, what a name. Exceptional Nothing. hockey player. Exceptional hockey player. David Brazil. Shout out, David. I texted him. I said, you know, he's a big Wings fan, big hockey guy. I said, what do the Wings do tomorrow? He said, he likes Sanderson. He wants So that's who I like. He likes Sanderson. That's who I want. No, shout, out David, shout, out Sreport, shout out David. Shout out Shreveport. Shout out Mudbugs. Yes.
0: The Mudbugs, yes. Balls up, baby. I, no, I, I, I totally get that. And like Collins was saying as well, I just think that as the year has gone on, you've seen this top group as I said, I think that I think the top three are going to be a combination of Lafreniere, Byfield, and Stutzel, no matter what. And that race has even gotten closer as the year has gone on. Like I said, but you, you have, I guess it's, it's not a bad problem to have here as far as there's so many guys in this grouping from like four to 10, that it almost seems like you really can't miss. And it's a Collins point with the draft being as strong as it is this year, and I think it's also supposed to be just as strong next year as well as far as what the early reports are saying, but you have to go – I don't think you can look too heavily in the net because you can always trade for a goalie. You can always sign a goalie in free agency to big money. I know Robin Leonard just got five years for $5 million with Vegas, which means Mark andre Fleury will probably hit the market. Again, Matt Murray's out there, and I don't necessarily think that it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you just go grab a goalie, and you know, when you're ready to win, you grab a goalie, and like that's the guy. It's not. It's not like one of those situations where it might be like baseball, where you go get an ace. You know, you go, you go spend a bunch of assets to get a horse when you're about to go win the World Series. So I, I don't want the wings to. I would just hope the Wings – I think the Wings taking the goalie here at four and Askarov is them throwing the towel and, like, Larson's not going to pan out. We don't have much faith in, in Fulcher. Petruzzelli, who I don't even think has signed his ELC yet, um, is, a, is a kid that played for Mesquite and had great stats in the USHL. Um, and in Broadstrom, as I said, they would just seem to me like they just quit on these guys. And they're still 21, 22 um, years old. So I, I would hope that those guys are going to be getting a chance more in the AHL this year. Again, as of right now, Bernier and Picard are the, are the two guys that looks like we'll will share the net with the big club this year. Uh, but but either way, whether it is Sanderson, whether it is Drysdale, that's where you know guys that get paid to do this and, and watch these guys play more than I do and have these conversations with teams, that's where they know better. You know, All I can do is sit here and you know, I get to watch my my highlight clips, which I love, I get to look at stats, I get to read reports and and give my best educated guess. I, I wouldn't hate it if the Wings went defenseman. I just think there's so much, I think there's a lot of angst too with, you know, not really having a, a tremendous core up front outside of Larkin, and Bertuzzi. Like, you know, hopefully Robbie Fabry keeps the ball rolling with what he's been doing. You know, I, I, people seem to kind of be losing their patience with Sedina, which I don't understand why, because he's still like 20, 21 years old. Michael Rasmussen's been banged up. He, he got sent down and played, the, I'm pretty sure he played all his hockey in the AHL last year. So hopefully he turns a corner here. I've got any Svechnikov as well. So you have these names that you're trying to, that you hope pan out but I, I think that getting a guy like Lucas Raymond or a guy like Marco Rossi will really, really jumpstart this rebuild and, and will give you a guy that you can play right away that's gonna be exciting for fans. So I can't wait to watch the draft tomorrow. I, I could like I said, Iserman could could draft a guy that I haven't even mentioned or have even seen on Scouting Reports because I just think that's the way his brain works and he knows what he wants. So it's gonna be an exciting day tomorrow. And then of course, as I said, round two will be on a Wednesday. So um, next time we talk Red Wings, which will be next week and the Motown Rundown, we'll get into who they took. Uh, with all their picks, we'll look at free agency. We'll look at contracts because there's still a lot of RFAs on the roster that have to be signed. But, again, before I just keep talking in circles, and I'm sure everyone has turned off the podcast by now, Rossi or Raymond, I'll be happy either, either way. I'll be happy with whoever they take because I trust in Steve Eisenman, and that's all I got. So, I trust that.
1: you, Rabs. Rossi or Raymond.
0: Thank you. Like we, or Sanderson. Trent wants Sanderson, but well, we can get Trent's guy too. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. One of that's them. it. I'll, I'll wrap it up as i now, I feel like I've been talking for an hour and I just hate listening to myself talk. I hope that wasn't too painful. But Trent, how about you end things on a lighter note here and give us your trifecta for the week? And then we will wrap things up and I will go to bed.
2: All right. I agree. Hey, you got with your my PJs power. on.
0: Yeah. I do have my PJs on. And
2: you look was. like you're about to go cut the grass.
0: No, my grass cutting clothes. I'll send you a picture of my grass cutting clothes. You're not even close. Okay. There would be no sleeves on this shirt if I was going to mow the lawn, which I will have to do tomorrow. Oh, it Sucks.
2: All right. Well, I wish you luck there. Also, I agree with Ryan Collins. I really enjoyed your preview. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch the. That draft. That sounded
1: half-hearted.
2: No, I, I am going to watch the draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just turn it off.
0: After, turn it off after we draft. That's it. That's all you have to do.
2: All right. Perfect. Okay. So here's, here's my. Here's my trifecta. We can keep the answers a little bit quicker because I know we're getting long on time here. But question number one, would you rather have an amazing guitar skill set or be an incredible singer?
1: Ooh. Singer. Singer, singer. 10 times out of 10. Singer. Singer.
2: I, in a perfect
0: world, in a perfect world, you cut both of those in half, and I'm like an above average guitarist and I have a tolerable voice because then you can just bring the guitar out to like bonfires, and the girls are going crazy That's the thing like i can I can hold my own on the guitar like if you want to hear wagon wheel, I can bring wagon wheel for you if you want some if you want some Chris Stapleton, I can bring some Chris Stapleton for you, but I just don't have the I don't have the pipes to match match that's, that's what sucks because the guitar is only entertaining for so long it really is. You gotta have the vocals, but I think. Fortunately, pick one. Better pick one. The voice.
2: Okay, good. Because I was gonna say, unfortunately, cutting it in half was not an option. So you. I know. No, that. I know. I know. <laughs>
1: I'm just. I'm just. I, I, to I just. I oh, have. No. To, you're the star of the show if you're the, If you can just sing, doesn't matter where you are. You, it's like, can you sing for us? Can you like? And, yeah. and it, you're ripping like a nice little <laughs> Vance Joy, Riptide, and everyone's like, this guy's a star. Like that and, one too. What? I can play that one on guitar. You need to What know a great that song that is. Oh, right. oh, oh what a toe-tapper. But, I mean, you're just the star of the show if you can sing. I've always wished I could sing. Unfortunately, I can't.
2: Well, good answers, everybody. I'd rather be good at guitar, but that's just me. But That's that's also probably like a – Because, dude, I, I would love to be like a Mick Mars or an Eddie Van Halen and just, like, shred. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, it would be sick. But you can it involve, would be, like, but like it'd be cool the to John
0: Mayer. John Mayer, Eric Clapton would be like a comp where I'd be like, "Oh, this guy can play like John Mayer." I wouldn't want to play like Slash because no one, no one wants you plugging the amp in at three AM and ripping Slash. Like people want to hear like, like okay. yeah, slash, some, slash, Slash gets people river. out of their
1: seats. That's what I'm slash saying. Slash Gets people that's out what, of their seats. What, Come you on.
2: Remember, yeah, no one in Michigan is doing that, but people in Miami and New York and Los Angeles. If you're in the, if you're on the big stage, man, you can play, you can shred guitar anytime. No, I hear you. And I, I, yeah, it'd just be awesome. Plus, I'm a left, I'm a lefty. So it'd be, be me cool too. to be like Hendrix, just like rip some guitar like Hendrix, you know. Same here. Fun fact:
1: Whatever. I didn't know that there was left-handed and right-handed guitars until last year when you guys told me that.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I didn't either until I picked up my brother's, and he was like, "Dude, you're holding that upside down," and I was like, "Well, now I got to get a left-handed bass," so I did and it cost more than a right-handed base would, which is a ton of BS. But anyway, question number two. Stupid. Racism. Question number two. Does your combined hate for the Packers and Bears outweigh your hate for the University of Michigan?
1: Nothing. Michigan is on a whole other level than those two teams. (laughs) Combined. Combined. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's it's not even in the same stratosphere. And it might just just be because I was – born in a house and a family just full of Michigan State fans and we're all psychos but I'm okay I was about to say something that was not appropriate for this podcast and (laughs) I'll just leave it I'll leave it at that I so I hate the Packers like the Packers are my least favorite I think probably pro sports team it's like the Packers and then the Blackhawks and then maybe the Penguins I hate the Penguins ever since like 09 I'll just hate them but like the rage and irritation that I get from seeing Mason blue at Walmart or seeing it at rally House when I was going like at a store seeing the Tom Brady jerseys seeing people on my timeline like Michigan man it, 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 it fuels me every day so I'm just going to say it's not even close okay right yeah, i agree I agree i is
0: being being a Detroiter through and through, I dislike all the teams and all the divisions for all the sports that my Detroit teams play in. I think I have a, a, a special hatred for the Packers and the Bears and the Vikings because I don't know football is just like a different culture. Like I, I like Colin said, I'm not a Penguins guy, I'm not a Blackhawks guy because the Wings have history there. Not an the Avalanche guy, but I don't think I hate them the way I hate like NFC North teams. And obviously, hand up anyone that knows me well knows that I bled maize and blue for the first x amount of years of my life that's a tough look. having having come out on the other side and now being a michigan state grad i feel like the first half of my life was like a black mirror episode like i was like being brainwashed like i just woke up one day and i was like what have i been doing and if i all things considered now if i objectively got to pick like which school i'd rather root for it'd be michigan state all the way like michigan is just an objectively insufferable fan base and i hate everything about the school I really do.
1: Okay.
2: That's it. That's
1: it. Let me explain my piece real quick. And we live in the same state. We deal with these people on a regular basis. That's what it is.
2: That's fair, and you guys both have unique perspectives because Collins. God, was I raised hate by
1: Ticket holders, <laughs> I hate that university. Oh, yeah. okay. it so, stinks! It stinks! I hate that place. Uh. My,
2: my parents went to Central Michigan, so fire up, baby. We, we have always, yes, we grew up Michigan State fans, and obviously, I am now at Michigan State, and I've always hated Michigan. But the Lions' culture has always been, you know, number number one here, the Bailey household. So I I for me it it's it's Bears and Packers combined over my hate.
1: How about this t- TV I don't know if the Bears have been good enough in our lifetime for me to hate the Bears like they that. They haven't I but
2: don't. I I also I also have family who's who's our Bears fans and that's a, that's a factor. Like, that
1: is a problem. Okay. You know what? that that's an interesting wrinkle. Because yeah. I hate the Packers cuz they're just so good and they right rip they my own heart us out.
2: year in and year out but the Bears yeah. haven't really done that but I I know what you mean. It's 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 yes, I have family. The Bears,
1: Bears are like a bad franchise. They really are.
2: Yeah, I know they're overrated. They got one Super Bowl, right?
1: Yeah, but it was a historic team, so people act like they're a better franchise than they are. But yeah, yeah good question. I just my my rage and heat yeah. for the University of Michigan has no bounds. Okay, so.
2: no, I I, I kind of had a feeling where you were both gonna go with that, but I just wanted to hear your explanations, and I wanted to hear if it was close at all. But
1: um it's not. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm fair. a sad human being. I yeah,
2: very fair. Final question, uh, me and my buddies signed a uh, lease for a house next year and he's East on oh. Johnson Street. So I yes. need to know what are some house necessities. And, and, and Rabs, I'm really looking at
1: you. because Collins, yes. you don't live in a house, do you? Yeah, I do. Now we, now oh, you guys. do?
2: Okay, yeah. well, you guys both got to hit me. Hit me with some things I need that I might not think of. Like, obviously, you need, like, furniture and, like, lawn chairs and a fire pit, that kind of stuff. I'm talking about, like, stuff I wouldn't think of. That maybe you had to go out and get your first week or something. Dude, this is like
0: Trent. You're such a legend, dude. This is such a great question. Because you sincerely mean this one too. And yes. I know you're gonna take our suggestions to heart. I'm gonna tell you number one. The number one thing. I mean, does your house have air conditioning? No. You need, dude. You no, guys no, need to get no.
1: units. You need no. to get AC. Yes, you do, disagree. Dude. Completely disagree. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> completely disagree. The pain and suffering that you go through for that first three to four weeks is not worth the investment you're making, especially if you're going to live in that house for one year. That is all I'm saying. It is only on – it is got to go in there prepared, prepared for the first month of the year that you're going to be sweating and you're going to have to clean your sheets like every like two weeks or like week because you're you're just going to be sweating and sleeping in a pool because it's going to be hot. You just have to wear that. I get what you're saying, Rabs. It's not but the investment's not worth it. It really well, it gets- I guess
0: so I, I was in my house from my lease ended in August. So I got through like June and July without without air conditioning. That's unbearable. So I guess the yes. point, if you're gonna be there in summer months, you need an AC unit. I would also say you need a good vacuum cleaner. Like a good vacuum cleaner. Because we had some some shitty dirt devil. That was passed on in my family that didn't even suck anything up. I just it just sucked up things and spit it elsewhere. There was no suction power. <laughs> I, was, I was just moving dirt around. It was horrible. You need to have a good vent. It just cleaning supplies. Like like you need you need to clean the toilets, Trent. Like it's just the bottom uh, line. You can't have like uh, <laughs> dude, you do I'm kidding, dude, I'm,
1: kidding. Do. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> what else do you need? What else do you Plenty of pots and pans, like like you just
1: you don't. Well, want to I mean, be, you're just asking. You you're just saying up. house necessities. He's Whoa. asking specific things for a college house, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, or like or a, okay, things that
1: speaker. I might not. Think you of. need a huge speaker, Invest in sound. You need okay. good sound. Speaking of the speaker, our house has already gotten two noise complaints. Not like violations really? or something. Really? Guess From what who? time we got called on? Eleven p.m. Eight o'clock on a Saturday, both times. (laughs) Raging. (laughs) You got it raging.
2: Is it like families live around you or what?
1: No. We have a bunch of, we have a huge, we have the Gates apartment complex next to us and another, some DTN apartment by us and then a house and a fraternity. And we've gotten called on twice. It doesn't make any sense. Like, what? Yeah. And, and the cops will come. They'll be like, it's not that loud. And we're like, yeah, we understand that. Like, why are people throwing the cops? <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Speaker is a huge necessity. Those like big Sony ones. I'm pretty sure every college student has yes. one of those. Get one of those lights big up. Sony ones. Yeah, that lights up. But uh, I think the biggest necessity is having, like, I, I don't know if you guys have cable or anything, having the good streaming site. Like, we, we yes. go with YouTube TV. Like, you need that. Especially for a person like you, Trent, who loves sports. Yeah. Like, you, you, you can't diddle around with, like, the mediocre streams or Hulu like TV. Like, Reddit streams. Yeah, trying to find Reddit yeah. streams. Like, commit to that. And commit also this. Me and my roommates didn't commit to it. We should have committed to Red Zone.
2: Commit okay. to Red
1: Zone. Fair. Commit to Red Zone. We'll
2: probably yes, do an NBA know. League Pass too because we're one. One of my buddies what do that. Do play that. Play. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably do them all. Honestly, we'll waste all of our money.
1: You need, yes. Okay, I need, won't do it all. I won't do it all. If there's
0: one but. thing, if there's one thing that I can definitely suggest to have a successful year in the house as Colin said. I'm gonna give you the package. You need a big speaker so you guys can play your tunes more. More than Mary, you're with the speakers. If you want to get two speakers, subwoofer, do it. You need good Wi-Fi. You need. You need to have the Wi-Fi situation. And the streaming situation figured out before you move in. Like this is the day it yeah. gets activated. So when you get the TV set up and don't skimp on the TV, buy in, get a nice TV, find a spot to put it. So day one, when you hook up the Xbox, which you better have a, a you need a game system in the living room. Hook yes. it up in the Hulu. Yes. Better be the Hulu Live. Better be ready to go, and the Wi-Fi better be working.
1: Trent, how many
2: people are you living in the house with? Three. We got the only three-bedroom house. In, that's uh, perfect,
1: dude! Wow, yeah, that's yeah, awesome! It's, it's great. Well, I live, I live with, se- I live with seven people, so um, <laughs> it's a little bit different. But um, <laughs> okay. I would say this: I mean, it, this might be different. Have some sort of table you can do things on. Yeah, right. we we got a beer eye table, we got a beer pond, t- like we got all that stuff because even if you're not playing those games, you just want to go outside and just have a night like sit on the front lawn and have a nice day. It's always crucial that you have one of those and you don't okay. want to be the guy who's at the random, like lifetime brand table. That's like, I don't know. just yeah. Or get, no, it doesn't matter what table you have. No discrimination. Just get a table that you can right. put places and you bring lawn seating. chairs, lawn chairs, yep.
0: lawn chairs. You need, you need seating, indoor seating. You can't just have like one Not little
1: food
0: I'm saying you can't have like one little food time that everyone's just sitting on. You need to make outside fun when you can like when it's tailgate season or when the weather is nice, you need to be outside because it attracts people of, of all genders, be primarily female. <laughs> Not that I'm, This is a sexist podcast, but you want, you know, who wouldn't want to have some nice ladies, some nice young women over. I a, okay. a nice know. Uh, uh, can you stop fashion? phrasing
1: it like this? You sound like a weirdo.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's bad. I'm old. Dude. I'm old. I'm <laughs> out of college. But make like, that's like, that's it. You need to, you need to make things fun outside, have bonfires, throw up some lights,
1: but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, very, like – Very good answer. I don't know. Dude, I really hope COVID's done for you because, like, I mean, it's a different – being a senior up here, it's like having a house and stuff, you get to do a bunch of stuff in the front yard and stuff, and then you eventually go out and have a time at the bars and stuff. That's obviously not happening now. But right now, I'm spending, like, all my time at this house, and it's been, like – it's been great. It really has been because you just, like, sit with your boys, you hang out, you chill. You just you you gotta be locked in at all fat. Don't skip like I'm at the process of my life where I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be a little reckless with my money because know what? I only got one more year till it be until it gets real. God, <laughs> I miss it so much. Yeah.
0: I miss it so much.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know to also do do what
0: you gotta do before I, I'll let you finish, but do what you gotta do with decorations. I'm a big decorations guy, like hang your flags, get your lights up, like get some, I have no
1: like, I have nothing in my room by the way, guys. Like,
0: that's like don't don't be like that, dude. Like make it your own. Make it a house that people want to go to. And you need a spot where people can take pictures in front of. Like make a now we're done.
1: Now we're done. No, now you
0: know done. what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make a bar. Craft No. Some, like, oh no, no. There,
2: there's don't a bar. There's guy. a bar in the house. These guys built one and they're like, We're gonna leave it for you guys. So that's Excellent.
1: actually nice. But yeah, I have don't, nothing more to add. Don't be the guy who's like, Oh, I'm gonna build this bar Trash be so bags,
0: sick. trash bags, toilet
1: paper. You no know what I actually came up with this idea because our living room gets so dirty because there's seven guys. Buy like literally a trash bucket, like that you see like outside, just put it in your living room. Make everything so much easier. Yeah, it's huge. Don't go through garbage. you don't go through garbage cans as much. Know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. All right. Good answers. Very good answers. Appreciate you guys. I I will take that to heart and I will revisit this podcast next August when I move in.
1: Okay.
0: Dude, that's gonna be I'm gonna come visit all the time. I I keep saying that. I do wanna come see you guys, but it just sucks to like there's you no really football. can't do there's anything.
1: No yeah, there's no reason to. Hey, I'm, I, I'm to, in November, you guys
2: should both come. Okay, that well, I'll be, be there fun. for
0: that. I will be there for that. But I, I'm curious, Collins. Once like Michigan State has their first home game, what I know you can't tailgate on campus, but I'm sure it's, it's going to be like still unreal, like in the neighborhood and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how. I mean, there'll be cops everywhere. There's cops everywhere right now. So I don't. I mean, I know Michigan State's had some like outbreaks, but honestly. Like, I'm sure there's people that are violating it. Till this day, I really haven't seen something where I was like, oh, this is not good. know what I mean? Like, I've seen stuff that's like, okay, they might be like over a few people than they really should have. But, like, I haven't seen anyone be super reckless. But you're right. That could be all out the window on October 31st on Halloween when Michigan State plays Michigan. And especially if Michigan State beats Michigan.
0: So, Dude, I, I, I might be coming up, guys. I'm just telling you right now. I'm just telling you right now.
2: You got a place. You got a couple places.
0: Oh, I'm so excited! All right, well, that's all I got for today. I'm all talked out. I I hope people enjoyed this podcast today. I thought it was a good one, but I I just I hate hearing myself talk for as long as I do. Am I good at this? No,
2: no, you did. You did. I'm just fishing for compliments. This is so sad. This is no, 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 no. You did great. Collins did great. Thank you. You guys, great too, Trent. you guys covered the wings. You covered, you know, what we needed to cover as we now have a Lions bye week. So,
0: yes. Okay. Well, without further ado, that'll do it for us here today on the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. New episodes every single week. Love you guys. We'll see you next time.